Welcome to the Birmingham Vineyard Podcast. We hope you find it insightful and encouraging. If you want to find out more about us, head to our website, birminghamvineyard.com. Okay, so last week, um, Rachel introduced us to the book of James um, and read the first half of chapter one. And she told us that James is an example of uh, wisdom literature. Um, So it's not like a lot of the books of the New Testament that are letters that were written to specific churches. Um, It's more like um, a book in the Old Testament called Proverbs where there is a collection of of short teachings um, and different sayings. And James chapter 1 introduces the themes that are then expanded on through James chapters 2 to 5. So it's a bit like if you're into the opera or musicals, it's a bit like an overture um, where it gives you a little taste of what is to come. And so actually these two sermons are a little taste of what is to come through the rest of the sermon series. So you can decide if you want to sit through the whole musical um, or go and get an early glass of wine. Um, No, don't do that. So James um, is is very much into talking about um, how we should live out our faith. And actually that whole idea of wisdom has a sort of an idea of action associated with it. So if you think about knowledge, you can kind of acquire knowledge, you can read books, you can watch YouTube videos. Um, Josh is great at watching YouTube videos and acquiring all kinds of random pieces of knowledge, which maybe one day he's going to turn into wisdom. We'll see. But you you can sit... You know, and you can acquire all kinds of wisdom, uh, all kinds of knowledge, but do nothing with it. But wisdom is actually about knowing how to apply knowledge with insight and discernment. So it actually involves having to do something with that knowledge. And so today's talk is entitled, Be Doers of the Word. James is into action. Some of you may get um, really annoyed that when all is said and done, more is said than done. If that's you, James is the book for you. If you think, well, at the end of the day, talk is cheap, you're going to find a kindred spirit in James. If you'd rather be serving than philosophising, then go read James. But being doers of the word isn't just James's message, actually. Sometimes James gets a bit of a bad press um, in the church because it seems like it's all about doing. It's all about having to earn our faith through what we do. But James is not the only person who talks about the importance of actually um, doing the word. Jesus told a very famous parable in Matthew 7. It's about a foolish builder who built his house on the sand and a wise builder who built his house on the rock. Who went to Sunday school and remembers the song about it? Who's now got the song in their head and will have for the rest of the day like I did this morning? Um, Now that's a great song. 
the rain came down and the floods came up. The rain came down and the floods came up and the house on the sand went crash. But interestingly, the song misses out quite an important point of that parable because it doesn't actually tell us why Jesus told the parable. It wasn't just about how you should build your house, either literally or metaphorically, but it actually says in Matthew um, 7.24, therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. So actually the whole point of the parable, Jesus says, is if you want to be a wise person, listen to my word and then put it into practice. So with that in mind, let's go to James chapter 1 and we're going to read from verse 16 to the end of the chapter. So James writes, Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of firstfruits of all he created. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this, Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So there's lots that we could look at in this passage but we're going to Uh, draw out three points, okay? And they are one, listen, two, act, and then three, perhaps surprisingly, be free. So let's start with number one, listen. God communicates his truth to us. He loves to communicate with us. Wasn't it great to hear stories from those who are at DTI about how God had been communicating with them um, this week? And James says, he chose to give us birth through the word 
of truth. And we should humbly accept the word planted in us. God's word is the basis by which we live. He's revealed his word through the Bible, especially through Jesus, um, who the Bible tells us is the word, expressing the thoughts of the Father through the Spirit. And so that's kind of why I asked that icebreaker question at the start, who's met anyone famous? We, we didn't, nobody in our table had met anyone really famous. It was slightly disappointing, but um, anyone met somebody famous and actually talked to them? Oh, okay, Angela, who have you, who have you met? Okay, Martin Brundle, the um, racing driver. Okay, and do you remember what he said to you? You do, yes. Okay, anybody else? Okay, yeah. Oh, okay, Bill's met Harold Wilson. Of course he has. Okay. <laughs> do you remember what he said to you? No, but I hope he remembers what I said. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're ruining my illustration, Bill. <laughs> Oh, Princess Anne, okay. A couple of times, okay. And, and did she speak to you? And do you remember what she said? Yes. Isn't it true, normally, apart from if we've got something more important to say to them than they've got to say to us, um, that when we meet somebody important, we pay attention to them. And we remember what they say, okay? It's almost like being in the aura of, of somebody. Whatever we might actually think about them, still the fact that they are famous, I think it tends to make us kind of sit up and really listen to anything that they say to us. And so how much more, you know, when the God of the universe speaks to us, should we sit up and pay attention and that's why James says that everyone should be quick to listen. If God is speaking, we should better be listening. And while we're about it, he says, be slow to speak and be slow to become angry. And that's a theme James is going to pick up um, later in the book. And Mike um, Gowan is going to be talking about that at the end of, of August. Sometimes it's not easy to pay attention though. If you put the next slide up, who recognises what this, what this is? <laughs> yes, it's an IKEA instruction manual. Um, I, I don't know whether you like putting IKEA furniture together. Okay, a few. I've got, see a few nods. I always start putting IKEA furniture together with an elevated. Um, um, an elevated, uh, what's the word, thought of, of how good I am at putting IKEA furniture together. And normally by the end of the process, I've had to recalibrate um, that assessment of my, of my abilities. And, and a number of times I've, I've started on the process, you know, normally it's about a 56-step process, isn't it, to put your bookcase together. And, and I'm, I'm merrily going away and I get to step 25 and then I suddenly realise that the, 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 long, the long piece of wood that needs to go to the kind of the big wide piece of wood 
doesn't, my, my piece doesn't have enough holes in it. That actually, uh, according to the picture, it's got eight holes, and, but mine's only got five holes. And I think, oh my goodness, I've actually, they've actually made a mistake with my, with my pack. I've never, can you believe it? But then when I look a little more carefully, I find that on the other side, which I assumed was identical to the side that I have attached large piece of wood to, that side's got eight holes. And my side has only got five holes. So now, now the, the long piece of wood is the wrong way round. And I have to go back to step 10. And I have to dismantle everything. And then I have to have another go. Except now I've left marks in the kind of the bits that, you know, were from steps 10 to 25 that I had to undo again. And sometimes I get to the end. But what's the problem? I wasn't paying enough attention. I started looking. I thought, oh, yeah, 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 no, I know. Okay, yes, no, put this on here. And then, and then I realised that I should have paid more attention that, my, that I needed to have eight holes in the piece that I was connecting and not five holes. And we need to pay close attention to the word of God. And that's why we study the Bible together in small groups. That's why we actually go through different books of the Bible here in, in church on Sundays. That's why we encourage one another to read the Word. It's not if, you are, if you're a particularly keen Christian, you should kind of study the Word. It's actually um, a fundamental part of what it means. God's word of truth is the way to new life in him. It's the way to salvation, James tells us. Now I recognise that some of us are more suited to that type of study than others. Some of us are fine with reading and writing and, and thinking about deep questions and some not so much. But there's all kinds of different ways that we can read and study the Bible. There's, um, there's audio books, or we can listen on the Bible app if we find listening easier than reading. Or there's different Bible translations, or different parts of the Bible um, are dramatised in different ways. But let's help one another find the ways that we can to regularly hear God's word, become familiar with it, and allow it to penetrate into our minds and into our hearts. So that's the first point, listen. The second one though is act, because listening is not enough. Listening might be enough to gain knowledge, but it's not enough to become wise. And so James says in verse 22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. God's word is not just to shape our thinking but our behaviour. James challenges us to have a consistency between what we believe and how we live it out. And at the end of the chapter, um, James uh, gives one example of what this can look like. 
He says in verse 27, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. We see throughout the Bible that God cares for the poor. He has compassion on the needy. And so as his followers, we should do likewise. And that's one of the reasons why compassion ministries are an important part of what we do as Vineyard Church. We don't do it actually just because it's a nice thing to do. We do it because we see that it was important to Jesus. And that is one way in which we, in James's words, would practice our religion. And so one of the ways that we do that together here at Eastside, of course, is through Grow Baby. It's the main, uh, main thing that we're doing right now in Compassion Ministries. It's a way that we can show Jesus' love in practical ways to people, as well as providing an opportunity for them to, uh, to pray with them. Um, and it's great, I know a number of you are involved in Grow Baby. Um, there is lots of potential for that ministry to grow and grow and grow. It could be a growing Grow Baby, if that makes sense. Um, and so if you do have time during the week and you're able to be a part of that, um, then I would encourage you to consider that um, because it's, uh, it's something that we're seeing. People are coming in um, and God is working through. So that's one way that we can think about doing, putting, putting faith into practice. But there's some other ways. Last week, um, Rachel talked about integrity. What does integrity look like? Well, one aspect is that our faith should shape our whole lives. What we do on Sundays has an impact on our Mondays to Saturdays. Taking our faith into work, into our leisure time, into our families. These are all things that God wants us to do. And it's really easy for most of us to compartmentalise our faith to think that some things are spiritual activities and some things are not. And as we grow in integrity, we understand that it's about bringing, seeking to bring Jesus into all of our routine. Now that's easy to say, but sometimes it's very hard to do. I know it's actually much easier to stand up here on a Sunday afternoon and preach a sermon than to go into the office on Monday morning and bring Jesus into that, into that situation. Or to go into school um, and to bring Jesus to our friends or perhaps those who are not quite our friends. It's as relevant for us to learn how to be sensitive to the Spirit um, when... We are talking to colleagues, neighbours, friends, as when we're doing service leading here on a Sunday afternoon. Sometimes we, we, we fall into the trap of thinking our faith is about what we do when we're in church or even what we do as a church. And those things are important ways that we live out our faith. But church is only one sphere of our lives. And God has got relevant things to say to us. He wants us to be a channel of his blessing, of his presence in all spheres of our life. And this is an area where we can really encourage one another. We should be encouraging one another 
and talking about how we can do that. Um, and so let's spend a few minutes now um, just talking around our tables. Um, in what situations is it hardest for you to allow your faith to shape how you act? So there's a question on the screen. Um, so just share together for a few minutes what's, in what situations is it hardest for you to allow your faith to shape how you act? Be honest. So all this talk of, of listening, of acting, of obeying, perhaps it sounds a bit heavy. It sounds a bit like we're, we're creating a sort of a, a, a gospel which is about a set of rules um, that you've got to do lots of different things, obligations to follow. And you might be thinking, well, don't I get to decide what I do in my life? Um, and so it might surprise us um, that jo um, James goes on and he says in verse 25, um, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Or the NLT says, but if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. How can a law set us free? If I'm, if I, I'm driving along, and you know the speed limit's 40 miles an hour, I'm not free to drive at 60 miles an hour, am I? Or at least I might, but then there may be consequences for me breaking that law. So what kind of freedom is this? We might think that freedom is all about us doing just what we like, but the reality is that's not how God has made us. Remember in the Judges series, we saw the effect of a society that followed less and less of God's laws and their experience was far from anything that you'd call freedom. And the Apostle Paul, um, he helps us think about this because he says um, in Romans chapter 6, don't you realise that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey. You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. True freedom comes through following the maker's instructions. Blessing doesn't actually come through health, wealth and happiness, but James tells us that it comes through listening to God's word and obeying it. So that's really um, the message of this passage, that one, we should listen to the word of God. How are you doing? Do you see an opportunity to perhaps listen a little bit more or listen a bit more regularly? Um, do you need help thinking about how to study God's word? We'd love to, to talk about that. But not just listen, act. Do what it says. With God's help, um, we, we, none of us do this perfectly and God is gracious. 
but it does require us to have that intentionality to want to do what the word says. And the consequence of all of this is actually freedom and the ability to be blessed by God. So as we draw this to a close, um, I wanted to pray um, for particularly for one group of people um, and then I'll hand back over to Mike and to Jill just to, to wrap us up. But I want to pray for those who are working or living or studying in situations where you feel that the, the environment is particularly hostile to the good news, to the gospel, where it's actually a, quite a struggle to see the light of Christ or think of yourself bringing Christ into that situation. So if that's you in your workplace or in your school um, or in a home situation, um, people that you know where you just feel, yeah, this is, really, this is really challenging and I'm not even sure how to do this, then I would really like us to pray for you. So I don't know if that applies to anybody, perhaps would you, would you stand up and then we're just going to all pray um, together. So if that's you, that you feel like you're in a situation where it's actually quite hard to share Jesus, to bring Jesus into that situation. Um, then um, stand up and we'll, we'll pray for you. Mm. Anybody else? Great. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word which sets us free. We thank you for your presence that goes with us. We thank you for your spirit which is at work within us, empowering us. Father, I want to pray, uh, Lord, for each person here who is standing up, Lord, that in the situations where they, they want to see more of you. Father, would you work in each of those situations? Father, thank you. You place us in different situations to bring something of you, the fragrance of Christ into those situations. So Father, I want to pray for eyes of faith. One, to see what you're already doing in those situations amongst the, uh, amongst the people who are around them. And two, for uh, an ability to really hear your spirit, to be sensitive to, what, to your spirit's leading, to do what's needed, to say the right things in the right situation, to be a person of blessing in that situation. Father, to have courage to um, speak out or to, to do something when you prompt and just an assurance that you are there in that situation and that you have appointed each of these people to be in that, in that situation for this time. So bless them, we pray. And help us, Lord, all just open our eyes 
um, to see how you want us to be living out your word um, in all parts of our lives. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed the talk and found it helpful. We'd love to welcome you to one of our gatherings. We meet in multiple locations at multiple times on Sundays, as well as in midweek small groups across the city. More information on all of these can be found at our website, birminghamvineyard.com. Thanks for listening. Have a great day and God bless.